honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Wygen. Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Talking some Timberwolves basketball. Getting a little bit back on track. Some nice positive performances. Actually, in a lot of ways, extremely positive week. Minnesota 2-1. and one. And just what the doctor ordered. I remember I predicted something. Was it 1-2? and two. I didn't think the Wolves would beat... Uh, Oklahoma City. I did think they beat Chicago, and they did very nicely on the uh, the other Prince night. The uh, I guess we wore the white road whites. What are we, the NFL now? I guess the NBA has changed a bit. Obviously, the uh, the home team decides what they want to wear. They wanted to wear their city jerseys, basically their darker city jerseys in Minnesota, going purple again, purple rain, and all that good stuff with the white ones, not the black purple rains. Derrick Rose is pretty much the top selling jersey for the Wolves when it comes to purple rain and all that, and. Derrick Rose getting some MVP recognition in Chicago, and it was a very positive night for Minnesota in Chicago. But unfortunately, we have to start off with the icky stuff. Let's just get it out of the way, that, that dank, gray, uniformed San Antonio Spurs. It doesn't matter who's on that team. You, was it Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, Tim Duncan? Was it those guys? I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, Gus scorching threes time and time again against us. There was player after player scorching threes against the Wolves 15 years ago. There are still players scorching three-pointer after three-pointer against us today. DeMar DeRozan, not really a three-point guy, but just about everybody else in that doggone team has these days. Oh, man. Mm. And uh, Derek Rose in an embarrassing moment, basically trying to fix his headband, and he got dunked on by Derek White in the process. Uh, alley-ooped over, basically. Good times. Um, Marco Bellinelli, remember how I was talking about not a great three, or, well, not a great three-point percentage this year? But every time he plays the Wolves, he's frickin' Larry Bird. Yup, and then somebody named Davis Bartons also. 5 of 7 from downtown, Marco Bellinelli. 5 of 9 from downtown. Patty Mills made a couple threes. Not quite as dramatic as he did in the previous games. Coming off the bench this time around. With some uh, solid guard play in this one by Brian Forbes. Brian Forbes. That's right. Don't you know who he is? That, haven't you heard of him before? I don't know. Um, But it's Brian Forbes, and... Yeah, 22 points, 7 assists. DeMar DeMrosen did not attempt a single three. He's got a little Dwayne Wade syndrome in him. Remember how Wade used to never shoot threes? And then later in his career on occasion here and there, including a couple against Minnesota in some of those games, DeMar didn't really stand out that much. Only 10 attempts and didn't get to the the line or anything. Well, he did, but he missed a couple. He had kind of a Wiggins-type game, I guess, if you want to trash Wiggins. But I suppose he was efficient. Only 12 points, though. Yeah, and I'm not going to be trashing Wiggins a whole lot in this game. Marcus Aldrich didn't exactly kill the Wolves or anything either, but if you're, gonna, if you're not going to get smoked by LaMarcus Aldrich down low, <clears throat> you're going to get smoked from the outside. Rudy Gay made both of his threes, and the Spurs just torched the Wolves from the outside, 124-98. And I did think the Wolves would lose by double digits, but yuck, I mean, this is crap. 58% from downtown, 19 of 33, and of course I'm rounding up, 53% from the floor from the Spurs, and they shot the ball and it went in. As uh, That's my Greg Popovich uh, press conference. They shot the ball and it went in, and I don't have much else to say. I mean, I, I, I really don't. There's my Greg Popovich uh, 
post-game press conference for the Wolves. If I'm Popovich coaching the Wolves in this one, they shot the ball. It went in. We shot the ball. It really didn't. Uh, 40%, and we only attempted 21 threes and couldn't even make 30%. 6 of 21. This wasn't the Wolves' night at all, really, at the end of the day. Kind of a nasty, embarrassing game. Still no, uh, what's his name? I don't even remember his name anymore. Jeff Teague. Still no Jeff Teague. Josh Okoli's been getting more minutes now, and that's good. Uh, Tyus Jones continues to be a uh, floor general out there, and he's doing a good job. He actually had 10 points in the game. He actually attempted seven shots. Tyus was good, but unfortunately the Wolves trailed by umpteen points in the game. Uh, Jared Bayless season debut, and he will play during the course of this week, of course, with no Jeff Teague and all that. And Nice to see Jared Bayless come back from that knee injury and be a factor out there as you head into the OKC Thunder game and all that. Tolliver got a little action, attempted one three-point shot, and didn't make it. Not only made both of his, which is good for him, both of them played the final four minutes and 19 seconds of the fourth for Minnesota, but overall, an absolute nasty game. Carl was struggling the whole night, four of 25. Uh, four of 25, just not a good night, only 13 points, six rebounds. Andrew Wiggins, three of 11, 15 points. You know, he still led the team in scoring, which is funny. Uh, Derek Rose is just awful. One of eight, and of course he missed the whole second half with a sore knee again. So, you know, here we go. Uh, I don't even know what's going on with Jeff G, to be quite honest. Uh, Jared Bayless played the entire fourth quarter, and good for him. He had some good time out there. Um, You got to see Tyus Jones play extensive minutes throughout the entire third quarter, and he played a bit into the fourth as well with uh, Jared Bayless getting some action at the point guard position when the Wolves were trailing by umpteen points. So that just kind of was what it was. Not a good game at all by Minnesota. Let's... uh, wash your hands from that one and move on. And there's a lot of junk coming off of my hands right now after washing that nastiness. Because things get a hell of a lot funner after that. Two days later, two days before Christmas, I hope all of you had a wonderful and Merry Christmas. All of you out there that celebrate it, um, good on you. I mean, awesome, uh, awesome Christmas vacation and a nice Boxing Day as well. Happy Boxing Day. So if you want to say Happy Holidays, you can include Boxing Day as well with Australia. Happy Boxing Day. I think they have one in Canada, too? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. But uh, happy Boxing Day as well. Uh, sounds like Vince Germano was enjoying himself. Uh, some nice sales on Boxing Day, too. So, pretty cool. Minnesota actually beat the Oklahoma City Thunder on the road. Despite how great the OKC Thunder have been doing. And they lost on Christmas, too, to Houston. Houston had a pretty nice game out there. Coach Pringles, or the coach formerly known as Pringles, because his mustache is gone. Uh, with the Houston Sprockets, uh, Spacely Sprockets team, of course, he's the owner. Um, so the Sprockets ended up winning that game, and good for them. James Harden still bugs me though, because he he's he's a traveling man. He likes to travel a lot. He likes to get he he gets away with so much crap. Oh, welcome to the NBA. <laughs> the Silent Assassin has returned. Leonardo. He looks like he looks like one of the Ninja Turtles out there. The Silent Assassin has returned. And I'm not talking about the, the show that we loved in the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm sure as heck not talking about the garbage that came out after that in the 2000s and beyond. Okay, it wasn't garbage and it wasn't that good. It really wasn't. It was just, yeah. The show that I loved in the late 80s, too, uh, late 80s, early 90s is great. I'm talking about the earlier 80s, the comic strip, where they were basically, yeah, they were extremely serious and pretty quiet. They were just ninjas. That's what Andrew Wiggins was in this game. He was the silent assassin. He has returned. He has returned. He even did a little Princess Toadstool imitation on his final play of the game that helped lead the Wolves to victory, put the Wolves ahead. He was fouled pretty hard on the play, stayed 
in the air and finished his layup there off the glass. Beautiful play. Or it was kind of a scoop hook, I guess you could say, but whatever it was, it went in, and it was great. 11 of 20 from the floor. You got to see a little bit of Dominique spin move, but not as pretty as Dominique, of course, but he was making the spin move. The spin move was back, the aggressiveness was back, and the catch-and-shoot threes were going in. At least a few of them, two of four from downtown. Struggled at the free throw line again. God! Including missing one late. Luckily, it didn't uh, hurt the Wolves too much. 6 of 10 again from the line, but getting to the free throw line is what counts. He also had a good number of assists, including a great one over to Robert Covington for the flush. That was a beauty. Rocco, Robert Covington. I just call him Robert Covington. Great play. Covington getting a couple of splash threes. 3 of 5 from downtown. The old D3 was back out there doing its thing, and it was beautiful. Uh, this game did not look good heading into that second quarter. It just felt like, okay, what a beautiful first quarter. Minnesota up by 10, 35-25. This is fun, but is it going to last? No, it's not going to last because the second quarter was just a demolition derby. Minnesota only managed 18 bleeping points, and Oklahoma City torched us for 38. Luckily, things would change very dramatically after that. As you remember, all the time, the third quarter would would plague the Wolves forever and ever and ever, Right. Well, it plagued Oklahoma City in this one as Andrew Wiggins continued to do what he could do and the defense for Minnesota focused and locked in for the most part, keeping Oklahoma down to 17. Beautiful third quarter and the Wolves end up finishing the job in a very dramatic back-and-forth battle like we've had many, many, many of in OKC over the years going back to the Kevin Love versus Kevin Durant days. That was fun. Um, They didn't guard each other all that much. Here and there, I suppose. But it was just a mono mono and okay, now it's my turn to score. Okay, now it's your turn to score when it came to Kevin Durant and Kevin Love back in the Rick Adelman days. Um, that was a very dramatic game. I remember that very well. Went to double overtime. The Wolves had it one, and Kevin Durant hit a three basically right at the bleeping buzzer to send it into double OT, or was it triple OT? Minnesota ended up not winning that game. Oh, heartbreaking. Uh, I still remember that. I think Love had a 30-20, and Rubio had like 20 assists, or some crazy number, like 18. It was a beautiful game years ago, and we've had quite a few of those type of games since then, and this was another one. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, this is a team that Andrew Wiggins plays well against. Remember last year, he hit the the, uh, game-winning shot against Oklahoma City last year, with uh, Jimmy Butler obviously on the roster and all that, and it was nice to see Wiggins hit the shot instead of Butler force something up and miss, just like that funny video out there singing hallelujah as he continued to force up stupid shots and miss. And sometimes open shots and still miss. But Wiggins was the silent assassin in this game, and it was beautiful. Uh, 30 points ultimately at the end of the day. Six rebounds, including some major ones that helped close the thing out. Oh, man, beautiful game for Andrew Wiggins. Somehow, some way, he was a minus eight in the game, but that's because of the second quarter. I mean, the second quarter was a demolition derby. The club was a minus 20 in the second quarter, so... That just kind of is what it is. And the fourth quarter was a back-and-forth drama fest for Minnesota in a huge way. Uh, Sarich barely misses, or Sarich barely misses a double-double, getting his eight rebounds to go with his ten points. Very fun, solid night. Uh, Jared Bayless was, it's again nice to see his energy out there for a veteran point guard who's always been kind of an energy spark plug type of guy. Once upon a time that people thought of him as a starting point guard uh, prospect in the draft. I still remember that very well in the same draft as... uh, Russell Westbrook, who was on the other, obviously on the other team there, <laughs> but um, yeah, once upon a time, Jared Bayless was looked on as possibly the better player between the two, possibly, it was a, a debate, maybe not, but um, well, Oklahoma City slash Seattle, well, Seattle City, no, it was Oklahoma all by then, they were becoming Oklahoma, 
made the right choice, and that's obvious. So uh, Portland again took uh, Bayless. Or was it actually Indiana, and then he went to Portland? Yes. Uh, you know how those draft day trades take place. But what a fun overall night by Minnesota. Awesome, awesome night. Andrew Wiggins, you got to see the silent assassin return. No Jeff Teague, no Derrick Rose. Tyus Jones did a wonderful job, and Andrew Wiggins got to do his thing out there. That's one of the big keys coming into, and the, the thing people are talking about in town is, of course, how Derrick Rose kind of pounds the ball, kind of hangs on to it too much. A little bit of a hero ball on him, too, but obviously he doesn't bring the bad attitude that Jimmy Butler brought, or even J.J. Barea. Barea had kind of an attitude, a chip on his shoulder, and I never liked that guy. God! I liked him for the first two games or so he was here, and after that, it's like, this guy's just too much, man. Not as good as he thinks he is. Rose obviously has a bit of pedigree to his name, and we'll talk about him in his uh, return to his home team and then obviously his original team in his hometown, uh, the Chicago Bulls. But uh, nice to see Andrew Wiggins be freed and the silent assassin come out and slice up those uh, Oklahoma City Thunder when it, when it mattered most, and good for him. 30-point performance for the silent assassin, Andrew Wiggins. Then you head to Chicago, a much more chill game. Minnesota building a lead early and often. 119-94, Minnesota in Chicago. You got to hear the MVP chants coming Derrick Rose's direction. How cool is that? A nice return from a from a sore knee. Clanged a lot of threes as his three-point percentage has been dropping off. He was one of five in the game, but it was an MVP type of night. Uh, 24 points, 8 assists, 11 of 19. Just getting around guys, going off the the glass and all that, not forcing up the stupidest shots ever, he was very efficient again, like I said, 11 of 19 for Derrick Rose, it doesn't get much more efficient than that when you could say 8 of 13, which is Carl and his 20 point, uh, twenty rebound performance, absolutely spectacular throughout the night was Carl Anthony Towns, but again, overshadowed by Derrick Rose unfortunately, as great as it is to see Derrick play well and in his home team hometown and all that it's it's sad to see him get over it's sad to see him overshadow Carl Anthony Towns because obviously Carl's the future and current uh, franchise player but Derrick Rose is kind of almost being marketed as the franchise player in down Andrew Wiggins didn't have a very good night didn't shoot particularly well and of course again Derrick Rose dominated the ball again 19 attempts it is what it is he's in Chicago and we were having a fun night this and that uh Zach Levine had missed six games, and he was doing some of those catch-and-shoot threes. Actually coming off the bench, if you can believe it. Uh, three of seven, 28 points for Zach Levine off the bench. Kind of reminds you of his Timberwolves days sometimes when he would come off the bench before he became a, a full-time starter at the shooting guard position where he'd come out and scorch some people in about a 26-28 minute type of night and still get 28 points in his days against Golden State and all that good stuff. Robin Lopez, what was going on with that guy? He was just... He was just forcing up shots, missing like crazy. Just wasn't working out for him throughout the night. 13 attempts for Robin Lopez. What's going on with Chicago there? Justin Holiday too. One of 11. Just everything was missing. And I could just, you could just see the chemistry is not so great there. I think the players like each other. They don't like their coach. This and that. They had won two games in a row, if you can believe it, which put them at nine wins on the season. So okay, so they've been catching up a little bit. Uh, Chris Dunn's back in action again. He's kind of a triple double threat over there with his eight rebounds, seven assists, good strong defense, nine points, but he was a minus 23 throughout the night. Mostly it was Derrick Rose's night. He enjoyed himself, and again, Carl did have some really nice moments as well. 2020 type of game, and the MVP chance returning for Derrick Rose. And nice homecoming for Derrick, and well, there it is, 119.94, a nice, chill, fun game. Andrew Wiggins did hit a pretty cool... Uh, Catch and shoot three down the stretch as well, kind of keeping the Wolves ahead of Chicago. 
Again, not a statistically great game for Andrew, but still, eh, you know, he, he still had a good time out there for the most part, and Minnesota won the game by a very, very wide margin, and that's what matters most at the end of the day. 25 points, still two games under 500, unfortunately, and we get to play a team with a similar record in Atlanta coming up very soon. Nice to see how Andrew Wiggins is turning it around in a, in a good way for the most part, and yeah, he's definitely been a different player. His defense has been better for the most part. Sometimes it's not great, but generally speaking, he's been significantly better since the departure of the guy who was supposed to really get everybody locked in and focused on defense. That was Jimmy Butler, who, I don't know if he's doing that in Philly or not, but they've certainly had some major success lately, including a couple of blowout wins during the, the during Christmas Day and even last night as well over Utah. Just rolled all over Utah, in, in Utah. In Salt Lake City, I should say. Uh, Andrew's field goal percentage is way up from November of 34%. He just struggled that whole freaking month. He's awful. 45% from the floor throughout the month of December. Three-point percentage has been hanging around in the upper 30s most of the year. But again, in November, 34%. Free throw percentage in the mid-70s, blah, blah, blah. But uh, he's rebounding the ball more and all that. His assists are right around two a game. Turnovers, two, unfortunately. So that's offset. Um, but generally speaking, Andrew Wiggins is much more efficient in this month of December we, again, the departure of uh, Butler has been a factor. His defense has improved, and now the scoring is starting to come around as well. It's nice to see. It truly is. Um, very pleased with what Andrew Wiggins was able to do, and that uh, performance against the Oklahoma City Thunder earned him another Lone Wolf Award, as Andrew Wiggins has been piling them up lately. Carl had some good moments. He had some not-so-good moments. He was not good against the Spurs, and nobody was good against the Spurs, to be quite honest. Nobody, really. I mean, eh, Nunnally, I guess. A couple threes. Very efficient, 100% shooting. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, no, we're, we're, we're not going to go that direction. Uh, Wiggins, very efficient, very solid week for the most part. Again, not the greatest numbers against the Spurs or Bulls, but that silent assassin performance against Oklahoma City was a sight to behold. and It means a lot. It really does. And I've been extremely impressed with Tyus Jones as well. Again, like you always say, his statistics are nothing spectacular, nothing to go, oh my God, wow, Tyus Jones is awesome. But... He does a lot of intangible things out there that help you win basketball games. And that's why he has won a national championship with Duke. And um, awesome career there. A very short but very good career. And, of course, again, locally in town, Apple Valley native uh, Tyus Jones. Absolutely great. Um, wonderful. I'm so glad he's still on the team. And I hope the Timberwolves never trade him away. I mean, I trade Jeff Teague away. You can get more for him also, hopefully, depending on how, <laughs> depending on what the demand is for him. I think Jeff Teague may be traded very soon. I think the chances of him being traded are crazy high, actually. And that Derrick Rose is the starting point guard of the Timberwolves for, for now. For the for the foreseeable future. Not too long. Probably not forever. Maybe another year or two, depending on how long Tom Thibodeau is the head coach of the Timberwolves. A lot of chances are that he will not be back with Minnesota if Tom Thibodeau is uh, fired at the end of the season. We'll see what happens. The odds are very much against the Timberwolves making the playoffs, despite the fact they've been playing well. The odds are against us, and it just is what it is. I mean, hey, if the silent assassin keeps playing the way he does, Carl keeps keeps playing well, Derek is is, in, is uh, solid with the ball, then I think this team could very well make the playoffs. There's a chance. There, there's a chance. I mean, you got to be able to beat teams like Houston, San Antonio once in a freaking while. Been just awful against them forever. But uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to knock one of those type of teams out, and if Oklahoma City somehow falls off the face of the earth like they're capable of on occasion, which I kind of doubt this year, the chemistry there has been great. But you know somebody's gonna drop off like a Denver, like Oklahoma City, and you're gonna have to pass them to make it. So 
like a Houston as well. So it, it is what it is. Maybe you get another uh, awesome game from Rose again against Houston or, or Carl Anthony Towns. So with that, again, the Lone Wolf Award has gone to Andrew Wiggins for this episode and the Johnny Flynn Memorial. Uh, you know, I ah, is it Jeff Teague for milking his injury? And is he milking it? I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say at the end of the day. I, I'm not really mad at anybody per se. Josh Okogie getting minimal minutes in the uh, Bulls game, which is kind of weird. I don't understand that. He should have gotten more minutes. We're blowing them out. But I suppose uh, Tom Thibodeau would like to blow out his former club as best as possible. I'm sure he would. Ty is extremely efficient in the uh, Bulls game as well. 13 points off the bench. Sharich, you know, he's never going to get a Flynn Memorial, I don't think, because he's just so efficient. Covington, Taj Gibson, there's no way they're getting it. So just in general, I think the whole bleeping team against the Spurs, man, just awful, awful game against the Spurs. I hated it. Terrible. I mean, terrible performance, terrible performance by uh, Derrick Rose. And again, in the second half, all that, it was awful. So there's no way Derrick Rose is going to get the freaking uh, lone wolf after what he did against the Spurs, including Carl. I mean, Wiggins at least hung in there. And again, was spectacular against Oklahoma City. So I'll just kind of kind of sort of give it to the whole team in general. The performance against the Spurs just made me sick. With that, we'll take a quick break and we have four games to preview heading into the new year and all that. And there it goes. And we'll be back for fan interaction in segment number three later on. Calling for the return of the silent assassin. The silent assassin has returned. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number two. Time to preview four games and continue our celebration of the return of the Silent Assassin. The Silent Assassin has indeed returned to Minnesota, and I love it very much. But like I said, four games to preview, and I think this is going to be a very tough schedule, actually. A home game against Atlanta on the 28th. Yes, that's tonight, believe it or not, on FSN. Looking forward to that. And, of course, all of you out there that love your league pass as well. Minnesota, three out of our last five, which is good. Losses to Detroit and San Antonio. Mm. Oh, that Detroit game angered me. And, of course, the Spurs game. Ugh, whatever. Horse crap. You play Atlanta, and then you go on the road for a few games. And, uh, I don't know, we don't usually play well in these cities. The most likely game I think we win on the road might be Miami. But, I don't know, we'll see. Let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks here. Hawks, Heat, Hawks, Heat, Hornets, I mean Pelicans. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean. The former Hornets turned into Pelicans for the new Hornets, the Bobcats and stuff. Uh, And then we head to Boston, Massachusetts, which never goes well, like never. Unless way back in the old days, Anthony Peeler hit a three at the buzzer, basically. That was nice. That was about the only three that guy hit after his first season here. God, that guy's annoyed the hell out of me. Let's talk about the Hawks. The thing, the best thing going for the Hawks right now, their uniforms. Their uniforms are freaking awesome. Their their logo is beautiful. I love the Hawks uniform, their logo. Absolutely love the, the color scheme. I mean, it's beautiful. It's nice to see them looking like the Hawks again. Yes, it's old meets new, like it's got a modern feel to it. I mean, it's got a modern look to it, but again, you brought the old classic colors back and that's about it. Um, but hey, I'm glad that they have those uniforms. I love them very much. Uh, Trey Young, of course, traded for Doncic, of course, with Dallas and all that back on, uh, you know, back after the draft. Alex Len going to Atlanta from the Phoenix Suns, from one struggling team to another. 
Jeremy Lin just keeps popping up on all these yucky teams after, again, his beautiful uh, year or so run in uh, New York. You haven't really heard a whole lot of positivity from him. The Hawks have won three out of their last five, though. Losing, they gave up 144 points to the Nets. Wow. 144-127. They beat the Washington Wizards at home, 118-110. to They beat the Knicks, 114-107 in New York. That's not bad. On the 23rd, they beat Detroit. They beat Detroit on the 23rd in Detroit. That's kind of good, actually, for the Atlanta Hawks. So they've been playing well. Uh, they give up 129. They only lose by 8 to Indiana, but at home. They host the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. Timberwolves almost never play well here, though. I mean, remember last year when Jeff Teague was like 1 of 10 or something, and he just stunk, and it seemed like he was just like not even trying. Like, I mean, are we just like, it was like we, we were just tanking at the end of the season. That's what it looked like. I mean, Teague was awful. So Teague won't be out there tonight. Going to probably look for something out of Derrick Rose again, I'm sure. Derrick Rose, like it or not, he's going to attempt, you know, 15, 20 shots probably in the game. If you like it or not, it just kind of is what it is. Um, John Collins is leading the club in scoring. Trey Young at about 15.5. Collins at 18.5. Luckily, nobody on Atlanta is standing out from three-point range except Jeremy Lin, about 38%. So luckily, you're not seeing a ton of threes from Atlanta, but... Uh, I shouldn't get too cocky. They're 27th in the league, that 33%. They're one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, but uh, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know how things happen, that type of thing. The Southeast division really sucks, by the way. Charlotte is leading the division with a losing record, 16-17. and 17. The Hawks are, or the Hawks, the Heat are tied with them. The Hawks are only seven games behind. Watch, watch the Hawks win the division, right? The three out of their last five. The Wizards are awful. I'm guessing, uh, Unfortunately, uh, old Scotty Brooks might be out of a job at the end of the year. Don't be surprised there. Orlando's going back to reality like they always do because Orlando's never good. They're just not. Again, I keep comparing them to the Toronto Blue Jays a lot of times in baseball. They're just awesome for like the first two months of the season or first month or so. And then by like August or so, it's like reality has set in big time. Like they're not even close to winning a division or making the playoffs. And I think that's the case for Atlanta, uh, Orlando every single season. The Hawks have some players on their team, obviously. You got Trey Young, you got Torian Prince, who's okay, obviously. 15 points a game. He's obviously an okay player. Uh, guys have been missing time here and there. Again, John Collins has missed a lot of time, unfortunately, for the Hawks. Ken Bazemore has been a pain in the butt for the Wolves at times, former uh, Laker. Uh, Alex Len, Jeremy... Alex Len, Jeremy Lynn. <laughs> These are the kind of guys that can drive you crazy on occasion. Vince Carter is still playing at 41 years old. Unbelievable. He'll probably play next year, too. He still makes three-point shots. Occasionally, you'll see a little bit of that athleticism once in a while, averaging about seven points a game. At this point, it's just wanting to be in the league still, kind of hanging around and having some fun. and That's fine. I mean, it's okay if he wants to keep playing. He doesn't need the money, obviously. At least I wouldn't think he does. I would, would not think he does, but uh, he's hung around for a while. Uh, he's pretty much been a role player the last 10 years, pretty much. And I'm not trying to be rude. It's just the way it's been. And all his years with Orlando and Phoenix and all that. And now with the uh, the Hawks. <sighs> Crazy to imagine. It's been a while since he's been like an all-star type of player. Um, the Wolves need to win this game, but uh, this is going to be a tough week, I think. <sighs> this is going to be one of those silent assassin type games. I mean, you're hoping like a Carl Anthony Towns can show up, but I keep thinking, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I'm sure he's going to have a good game. I think he's going to have like a, he's going to have 20 and 15 type of night, but I think the guard play is going to answer the bell if the Wolves win this game. It's going to be good good perimeter defense. 
from Wiggins and all that. It's going to take a really nice game from Andrew Wiggins for the Wolves to win. Derrick Rose is going to get his, because that's just how it is, like it or not. He's going to attempt 15 to 20 shots. I mean, it's reality. Um, Part of me actually is hoping for Jeff Teague to come back if he's going to keep doing that, even though he's been a wonderful player and all that for us. Uh, But sometimes he'll shoot you out of a game. It's going to take a very efficient performance, though, from Wiggins or Rose to win this game. I'm expecting a near 2020 effort from Carl tonight. I am. I, I think he's going to show up and have a very nice statistic night. It's going to be a nice box score out of Carl, and of course some big moments. Maybe and maybe he just flat goes off and he's the hero tonight. But I'm still leaning on. I think one of the two guards is going to have to have a very efficient game. Like, okay, like if. You know, like I'm not talking Derrick Rose gets 28, but he attempts 25 shots to get there. I'm talking Derrick Rose, Andrew Wiggins gets 28 and attempts 15 shots or, or so to get there and is extremely efficient. That type of game, hitting threes and, of course, just making their shots. 11 of 19, like uh, Rose did against the uh, the uh, Chicago Bulls. It's, it's going to take that. Otherwise, the Wolves are going to lose a frustrating, upsetting game to a, another yucky team. To me, you've got to beat this team. And I, I know our history is just awful in Atlanta. Even when they stink. Like last year, the Hawks weren't any good. The Wolves were a, like a 50-win type of team last year. We were. And we just laid an egg and stuck the whole game. And it was just irritating to watch. It's going to take good guard play. And, of course, uh, Carl doing his thing. Having a really nice night for Minnesota to win. Uh, for the sake of positivity and, of course, the scary games coming up. I don't know, man. This is this is tough. I well, I'm I'm gonna pick a win for the sake of positivity and all that. And for uh, I like the way the Wolves played against Chicago. I do think this team can be a little more dangerous than Chicago on occasion because clearly they can score some points. And they even got the job done defensively against uh, Detroit. They were able to clamp down and play a nice gritty game against the Pistons. Um, but they can score. They they can. Uh, even without uh, Schrader, or Schroeder actually is his name. I'm used to Schrader when it's spelled that way, but <laughs> it looks like Schroeder. And yeah, I, I think Minnesota's going to survive this one, hopefully. Something along the likes, 118 to 112, something like that. And again, it's going to take a very efficient guard night from Wiggins or Rose. Hopefully Wiggins. I'd rather see Wiggins go off. Maybe Rose has a decent night. He's solid. You know, like 18 points, but Wiggins has a 28-point effort and helps lead the club to victory once again. The silent assassin getting the job done against the Hawks. He's going to need to, you know, stop worrying about who the opponent is and have a nice night. So, second place in the Southeast Division. The Southeast Division, second place, Miami Heat. They must be a very dangerous team. Well, not really, but the Wolves need to get the job done against them anyway on the road on the 30th of December, and then the Minnesota will be uh, in New Orleans on New Year's Eve. Interesting. Interesting. Miami Heat, 16-17. and 17. Their field goal percentage is one of the worst in the league, but they're in the upper third of the league in three-point percentage, ninth. They get a lot of rebounds, and we all know about that. Uh, Josh Richardson, <clears throat> I think he's going to have some extra motivation that the Wolves didn't trade for him and all those rumors and all that. Dwayne Wade in his final season, and it shows. Uh, he's had some nice games, but he's also been kind of in and out. Uh, Goran Dragic has missed a ton of time. <clears throat> if Dragic plays, I think we're in trouble. He has just been a tough matchup for Minnesota forever. Wayne Ellington's hit some threes against us in the past as well. He's had some hot games against us in the past. The former Timberwolf, of course, uh, Wayne Rain Ellington, as we like to call him. Son Whiteside is an absolute thorn in Carl Anthony Towns' side over the course of time. Chemistry in Miami is like up and down. It's uh, tough to predict. They're a very unpredictable team. 
Josh Richardson is a guy you definitely want to market around, even though it's not like he's, it's not like he's this superstar. He, he's not like a second, third team NBA player, all, all NBA player, but he's got some very nice talent, all around talent. His defense is great. His offense is very good. 18 and a half a game, though it was in the 20s earlier. Uh, he looked like he was on his way to being an all-star and uh, reality has set in since then, even though he's still doing a great job. Uh, almost 40% from downtown. That's dropped off because it was well over 40 not that long ago. He makes his free throws, which is very important. Josh Richardson, an overall very good player, but he's going to need another Josh Richardson along him to help out. Uh, Hassan Whiteside is a 13-13 and 13 kind of guy, though he's been a 15-16 and 16 type of guy before. Dropped off a bit there. Still averages almost three blocks a game. It kind of depends on Dragic, I'd have to say. If Dragic is available, I think uh, the Wolves might not win this one. I don't know. Um, the, the Heat have been playing much better. They lost only by two points to the Toronto Raptors at home. Only two, 106-104. Again, that's first place in the uh, Eastern Conference, the Raptors. The Hornets, or the Hornets, I keep calling them the Hornets now. The New Orleans Pelicans on the 16th, but the Heat beat them by six in New Orleans. They beat the Houston Rockets at home, 101-99. So they've been winning a lot of closed games. Milwaukee Bucks, they beat the Bucks, who are obviously one of the better teams in the East now. And they sure sure looked like it on Christmas Day. 94-87, they beat the Orlando Magic. But, you know, still, that's a nice win. 115-91 in Orlando, which is, again, that's, that's impressive to win the road game that much. They'll be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers, which will probably be another win for the Miami Heat. So we'll be looking at a 500 Heat team versus Minnesota. On the 30th, Minnesota's had some nice little success in Miami. <sighs> I don't know. I got a bad feeling about this, and I think Minnesota does not win this game. I think we do not win this game uh, against the Miami Heat. I think Josh Richardson is going to have a big, big performance. The Heat have been a tough matchup for the Wolves historically as well. These road games are tough over in the Southeast. It just usually doesn't go well for us. And we usually particularly don't play well against the Heat over there. We tend to play better here against them. Richardson, again, I, I expect some extra motivation. And the Heat have been playing very, very well. Duncan Robinson, that's funny. Guy at the end of the bench there. Duncan Robinson, does that sound familiar? To those of you that were around in the uh, the late 90s, of course. Duncan Robinson, hmm, sounds familiar. The old Twin Towers, the, the men in black over there in San Antonio. Okay. <laughs> I, I had to. Um... I don't think Minnesota wins the game, though. It's going to be along the likes of, shoot, lower scoring, I think. Not too high, not too low, though. Um, the Heat, again, don't make a whole lot of threes, but they get to the basket, this and that. They rely on their athleticism and their strength, which has kind of, again, been their motto pretty much forever, except when Mike Miller was there and LeBron was there. there. Again, they relied on strength with LeBron, but also Mike Miller scorching people from uh, outside, which he just refused to do here. He tried to be Scottie Pippen with the Wolves. But I think the Heat wins something along the likes of 108-100, something like that. Kind of lower scoring, maybe something even like 98-95, uh, 103, 98, something like that. But I think the Heat win by 5 to 10 points over the Timberwolves. It's a frustrating game. You you just want better, but I don't know. I don't think Carl is going to play well against Whiteside. And one of these days, Carl's got to break through against these big, these talented big men. Regardless if Whiteside is a pain in the butt and not, a good, not good for chemistry. But uh, despite that, the Heat have been playing much better of late. Uh, Goran Dragic has been a factor as well. Um, I think uh, again, the Heat win by a 5 to 10 points. It's going to take a good game again. You're, you're going to need Carl to break through something like that and of course 
you'll hope to get a, a big night from somebody else, Wiggins, uh, Wiggins or Rose, something like that. That's kind of our big three right now in a lot of ways, but it's also got a bit of a Covington vibe to it. Like Covington goes off for 22, it's nailing those threes, like 5 and 9 from downtown. Take a nice night from him, that 3 ND, literally, from Covington to help the Wolves win the game. For the sake of time, I better keep moving here. New Orleans Pelicans, 5th place in the Southwest Division. Over in the Western Conference, 15 and 20. They're worse than us. They're making their shots, of course, being close to the basket. With a guy like Anthony Davis taking most of his most of his shots closer to the basket. More of an athletic, not so much a stretch four type of guy, or a stretch five. But he's uh, had a hell of a run. Minnesota has played phenomenally well against this team, where just a couple years ago, they were awful against the Pelicans. It was always a 25-point loss. I think the Wolves win in a back-to-back. Um, they lose to the Heat, but they beat the Pelicans. And the Pelicans have not been playing well. They've lost all of their last five to Miami, like I just said. The Bucks. 123-115 to the Lakers, 112-104 to to the Sacramento Kings, 122-117 to and the Mavericks, 122-119. to They've lost a lot of narrow games. I think they'll beat the Mavericks and the Houston Rockets. I think they'll win two in a row, actually, believe it or not. They'll get things, or they'll at least win one of them. I think Minnesota's going to win this game, believe it or not. Jalil Okafor, so now he's over there with another number one pick of Anthony Davis. Man, Jalil Okafor. Oh, Jalil Okafor or Carl Anthony Towns? Hmm. I don't know. Tough choice. Tough. Julius Randle, obviously wonderful, a full addition to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, but they've not had a whole lot of success. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Drew Holiday's just been awesome. 21 points, about 9 assists, 4 rebounds, 5 rebounds, 2 steals, a block a game. As I try not to cough to death. Uh, thank God for the dump button there, right? <laughs> no. Alfred Payton, the banana, has only played in 6 games this year as a backup point guard, former Orlando Magic. I like the Wolves' chances against this club. Um, they've struggled in a lot of factors during the course of the season. They're right in the middle in three-member centers. They're good being close to the basket. They're one of the highest-scoring teams in the league, but their defense has not been good once again. I don't know. I mean, Elvin Gentry is still the coach, and I don't think he's the right coach for the Pelicans. And it's no offense. It's just, it's just not his type of team. He should be coaching somebody like Orlando or something, I think. I don't know. Or... Eh, doesn't matter. I don't think he should be the coach of the Pelicans, though. I think the Pelicans need a different type of coach. That's just my humble opinion, but I think Minnesota's going to score a lot of points against this team. We're going to go with like 125, 120, something like that. We'll go with the Wolves score 124 against the Pelicans and beat them in a close battle. 124, 118. Carl Anthony Towns is going to have a big one as he has really stepped up against the Orlando Magic, or the Orlando Magic, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans of late. I'm looking at a 30-point game, 15 rebounds, couple blocks. I think Carl's going to step up big. As for the longest time, this was like the worst of all. Like Anthony Davis would just embarrass him. And the next thing you know, it turned around last year. And it was beautiful. And I think the Minnesota Timberwolves will beat the New Orleans Orleans Pelicans. It's going to be a close game, but 124-118. Carl Anthony Towns goes for 30-ish and get some support from Covington and Rose along the way. Hopefully Wiggins again as well can get in the 20s. That'd be really nice. He'll be second actually, second in scoring. But Carl will be the main reason Minnesota beats the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we wrap up with the Boston Celtics. In Boston, they've been playing significantly better. Generally speaking, though, they, they uh, did not beat the Rockets recently. That's a tough one. That was a tough one. 
Celtics, well, they haven't been playing super great lately. They lost to Phoenix on the 19th, 111-103. Oof, remember they had that awful start to the season, so at least they got better than that for a while. They beat the, or excuse me, they lose to the Bucks 120-107, beat the Charlotte Hornets 119-103 on the 23rd, and on Christmas Day, they beat Philadelphia. That was a pretty impressive win, actually, for the Celtics. Very impressive win. 121-114. After Philadelphia looked like they were going to beat the Celtics, Celtics overcome and get the job done. And then two days later, the Houston in Houston, 127-113, a yucky performance. Celtics get smushed. They'll be playing the Memphis Grizzlies and Spurs on the road. In between then, Spurs on New Year's Eve. And then on Jan 2nd, they host the Timberwolves. Bad matchup, folks. This is a bad matchup. This is a very bad matchup. And remember what Boston did to us last time around. They usually tend to scorch threes against us, and, and the Minnesota struggles. We've never particularly played well against Kyrie Irving, but especially since going to Boston. It has not been going well for Minnesota with Kyrie Irving in Boston. In fact, we just cannot beat this team right now. <clears throat> it's crazy, though, how great this team was last year without Gordon Hayward and with him this year. Not so good. And Gordon, obviously, still not the same guy at all. Not even close. Like a 22-point player in uh, Utah. He's been a 10 and a half so far. And again, there's no way that ankle is feeling normal right now. It's, there's no way. So, um, hopefully... Gordon Hayward continues to turn it around during the course of his career. Only 40%. So, but this is still a terrible matchup for Minnesota. Uh, Marcus Morris has always been a thorn in our side. Jason Tatum is a rising star. Kyrie Irving is deadly. I think he's going to get, you know, up to 30-ish against Minnesota. Um, it's just not a good matchup, that's all. It's just not. Uh, I think the, the Celtics beat Minnesota, despite the fact they haven't been playing spectacular lately. I think it's going to be a nasty game. It's going to be like the Spurs game, I think. Like 120 to 100, 120 to 105, 110 at best. But I think uh, the Boston Celtics get into the 120s. Get to about 120-ish, and Minnesota gets to just around 100. Again, they're going to need some good guard play to beat this team, I think. Obviously, match up well with uh, Kyrie Irving. The big performance from Derrick Rose. Hopefully, get something very special out of Carl Anthony Towns in a game like this. But... I'm just not feeling good about it. It's always been a bad matchup, and just, I don't know. It's never been good. Ah, Boston, 120 to like 105 over Minnesota in TD America Garden. With that, we'll take a break, come back for some fan interaction, and wrap things up. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Looks like it's going to be a pretty quiet fan interaction segment, but it is what it is. You can give out contact details, wrap things up, and I've not been feeling my best the past couple of days, so I suppose that's all right. That way I won't ramble on and get a, get a headache here, so I'm still, still recovering, unfortunately. And no, it's not from drinking too much. I'm just not feeling good. Not, not feeling my best, but luckily it's not been the worst cold ever. Luckily it's just about, you know, it's been, been a quickie for the most part. One of those quick ones, thank God. Or so I'd like to believe, right? <laughs> at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account. I want to thank Vince Germano and Tanae Brown for retweeting the most recent show. Vince Germano is out of Melbourne, Australia. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. Thank you guys so very much for the retweets. Really appreciate it. Um, means a lot. 
Also want to thank uh, the Courtside for sharing my post on Facebook on the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. All this information will be in the show description. Just like the call button and the email that I'll be talking about in a moment. Going to give a quick shout out over to Flip's Army. Thank you, Flip's Army, again for allowing me to post links to Timberwolves Explosion on that Facebook page. Trevor Wicker in the founder of that page. Great guy. Locally as well. Good uh, in-game threads to talk about the Timberwolves. Keep up with things and Hopefully not too much arguing among people, right? No, because <laughs> it can happen on in-game threads in any of any form, just like a purple mafia. No, not not really. Not there usually aren't any arguments. People just uh, usually frustrated with this and that. If it's not been a good game, maybe it's a great game, but generally you're going to hear a lot of free a kogi, free a kogi, and they don't blame a uh, soul for doing that. Flips Army, wonderful page, encouraging you to join it. Thank you again, Trevor Wickerin. Also, again, the Facebook page for Timberwolves Explosion. Please join that and join the conversation. Unfortunately, no comments this week, but again, uh, share from the Courtside Podcast. Thank you very much. Encourage you to listen to the Courtside Podcast, big time. Uh, Wayne Hunt, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson, all great guys out of Australia. Stu Benson and Wayne Hunt from the Sydney area, Melbourne, Australia for Vince Germano. All of them out of Australia, different cities, of course, different parts of town in terms of uh, Stu and Hank Henry. No, and Henry McCoy, right? No, I'm kidding. It's actually uh, Wayne Hunt. Hank McCoy was his nickname for a while there. Um, great show. Encourage you to listen to it, though. iTunes, Podbean, and other uh, resources out there to listen to your show. I'm sure, oh, yeah, Google Podcasts is a guarantee. It'll definitely be there. So very much encouraged, and thank you again for uh, endorsing the show. I will always endorse the Courtside Podcast all the time. So now let's kind of move on to the contact details. Also, I'm going to give you, encourage you to uh, please review the show on iTunes if you could. Write a positive review. It's getting lonely and stupid now. It's been a while since somebody's reviewed the page. Hopefully, hopefully somebody can. It would be greatly appreciated. A nice five-star review with something positive to say. If you could help the show and if you want to, it'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. I will give you a huge shout-out on air and a thank you. If you could do that, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. And thank you to those of you that have done that already. Uh, there have been a, uh, a number of you that have, and it means a lot to me. So with that, <clears throat> let's uh, get to the contact details again. I already mentioned the uh, Twitter and the Facebook page. Now let's get to the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Timberwolves Explosion. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. Greatly appreciated there. It is a three-minute limit, so be mindful of that. My phone is going crazy. What the hell? <laughs> be mindful of that, though. <laughs> What's going on here? Oh, boy. There's the Call Now button on the Facebook page. Simply click on the button, the Call Now button. It'll go to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free. It won't hurt you in any way. No long distance, as Facebook Messenger is free. As long as you have some type of Internet connection, it'll work. And then the best route, which Danae has used in the past, audio submission. Use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. It'll work. Treat it like a phone call and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Live at yahoo.com. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Would love to hear you on the show. You can keep it to five minutes. You could go longer if you have a hell of a lot to say, as long as you stay on topic for the most part and just have some fun and enjoy me. And It'd be a, nice to have had somebody on this show because obviously it's gotten a little bit quiet lately, unfortunately. But uh, I think... Uh, Wayne Hunt, though, when he has time for posting questions and comments on there, it's greatly appreciated. Vince Germano, all of you out there, there's more of you. Um, 
oh man, that's just it's such a bummer. Uh, Brandon, Brandon out there in South Dakota, and others. Man, Nicholas Simon out of Australia, uh, Miss Postarino. It's great to hear from you as well. Oh, I miss you, Jules Postarino and Trish Postarino. I, I miss hearing from you. Hopefully, some of you can come back and do some posting again. Hopefully, you haven't lost interest in the show or anything or given up on me. I don't, I don't think so. I'm sure you're out there still, but uh, I missed you. hope I haven't pissed you off some way or another. <laughs> the numbers are okay. Not Obviously, up and down, they fluctuate. Sometimes they take a while to actually show. So there's that too. So it's the way it is. This team is difficult to follow, but at least you got rid of that cancer and things have been a little bit more entertaining to watch. Though it seems like a lot of the fan base is still a little bit skittish, generally speaking, of course, with the same coach still being here and unsure of the uh, the future of this team at this moment. But, um, well, hope you're still listening to the show. I'm still here, and uh, I'm going to continue to bring you hopefully entertaining basketball conversation for many, 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 many more years to come. God bless all of you. Have a happy new year. Be safe. Be smart. Yep. <laughs> be safe, smart, all that. Uh, hopefully things head in a positive direction for the Timberwolves into the new year. This looks like a tough little road trip coming up, and if the Wolves come up... Uh, if they are able to at least split it the next four games, that'd be pretty good. Anything above that would be just awesome. And if that does take place, hell yeah, we are in for a very positive 2019. I will talk to you next year. Take care, everybody, and see you in a week. (laughs) 